Chad took NyQuil three hours ago. Welcome to the Four Point Play, uh, where we talk about the NBA and the most recent news and rumors and results and drama, mostly drama. Um, Jordan got Chad, Nate, and Steven what, what, as baby? per usual, and we're going to talk about the NBA. Uh, first, this uh, we, we finished recording and then Draymond went completely insane uh, last week, so we have to talk about that. So let's lead off... Uh, from the tip with a little Draymond Green conversation. Um, if you didn't see it, you don't probably listen to this podcast, but he uh, just just went like full Nelson on Rudy Gobert, was choking him out. Um, really been watching too, too much UFC. It's very pretty violent. Not, a, not um, according to Chuck, though. He, he, was not, he was not choking him out. He wasn't? No. According to not Chuck? according to Chuck. Oh, okay, Chuck. I love Chuck, but sometimes Chuck. Um, anyways, let's like just talk about some of his outbursts. So, uh, pretty violent history as a player. Um, you've got the Isaiah Stewart. They faced up, um, kind of squared up, shoving, pushing, uh, double ejection, if I remember right. That was like a wait in the tunnel situation, I think, too. Um... He had the hard foul on Brandon Clark, like hit him in the chest, dangerous play, um, hit him high when he was in the air, scuffle with Bradley Beal that he got ejected for, um, where they rolled around and it tore, uh, tore Green's jersey up. Um, the Sabonis stomp is a recent one that people are split on. Um, I, I mean, I think it was a stomp. And then we got the choke, the choke out on Rudy. Um, you oh, hang on, hang on. You have you have the nut punches. Yep, you've got the kicking, kicking Stephen Adams in the nuts twice, in in the same series, I think. Um, yeah. And then same year, I think he he had the big hit on LeBron that got him ejected, got him suspended. Um, it's the championship and then because they lost of the finals. Yeah, yeah they won won Cleveland that finals. And. Uh, yeah, so, so they, yeah. they they created that rule about swinging your leg out um, because of Draymond. Yes, yep. It's not a basketball play. Any others? Do you what think am I missing? Make a rule about not stomping on on dudes. It's, I'm pretty. Well, I'm like pretty that sure that was already play. understood. <laughs> oh, it's oh. it's like uh, when you see a sign in public and it's like, why do they have to have that sign up? And it's because somebody did it's that. So because of Draymond Green. Draymond. Because of Draymond Green. Uh, Chad, yes. Talk about uh, the pool punch. This is the most important one. So, so my opinion of Draymond, I never really liked him because I wasn't a Warriors fan. But I always respected him as a player who you needed to have on your team. He's kind of a heel of the league. But, you know, he's on your team. You like him. He's the heart and passion. And, yeah, he's a little physical, but his body moves awkward. Maybe he's just, you know, extra physical and weird until he punched Jordan Poole in the face in practice. When he did that and the video was released, the video is the key. Because before you're like, oh, you got punched in the face. Was this kind of like an MJ punching, you know, um, uh, Kerr? What's his face? Uh, Steve Kerr. Uh, Steve Kerr in the face. No. When they released the video, Draymond full weight threw a haymaker right into Jordan Poole's face going for a knockout. And at that moment, I realized that he is actually violent as an individual. If. 
if Jordan Poole was not on an NBA team competing for a championship, like Draymond would have gone to jail for assault for that type of punch. It was that violent. And poor Jordan Poole had to take all the pain and suffering from that, hold it down, couldn't talk about it to anyone. And then everyone said, oh, well, Draymond's the leader on the team and Jordan Poole's the problem on this team. And um, that was a horrible moment. So once he did that, I realized he actually is violent. He's looking for excuses to be violent. And that's when Draymond really, really lost me as just being a me a more physical player. Yeah, that was pretty pretty aggressive when you watched it. And he comes out of nowhere. Like, uh, the background, supposedly they're jawing at each other during practice, right? But... Um... I don't know that it's it's pretty out of nowhere in the video. What do we think about the evolution of the league? Like, is this kind of behavior the same what Draymond has done and is doing? Is do we see a parallel to like eighties, nineties era ball where dudes were clubbing each other and um, that kind of stuff was more common? Is it the same or is it different? I think I think it's different in that those guys in the 80s and 90s basically could ju- just leave it on the court but but now with social media the if you get into a scuffle um you just it it never goes away you that just sits and festers and you go at each other off the court over social media and um yeah there's no there's no real healing so like there it just a lack of respect i have something interesting for you yeah tying it back to the older era uh of the top 10 players with the most ejections in nba history of which because of ties there's like i don't know 13 14 total how many of them are active players out of how yes. many total? Out of the top ten? Yeah, top ten. Uh, let's go seven. Seven? The correct answer is one. Can you guess who? <laughs> Draymond, Draymond Green. Green. Oh. So it seems like the league has kind of gotten rid of a lot of that, except for one, obviously. And, by the way, he's second. Trailing by ten from the first place, most ejected, Rashid Wallace. I Rashid. knew it. Yep. Good old Rashid. Yep. And, and Rashid, see, that's what I kind of thought Draymond used to be, like a Rashid. Because I liked the Blazers back in the day. And so it's like, oh, Rashid Wallace, yeah, he's kind of a bad guy, but he's not that bad, you know? Um, but I think that, that punch of pool kind of pushed me over the edge with, with Draymond. Also, Draymond is a player that likes to say that he's a leader on his team. He comes on with Chuck and Shaq, and they're talking. He's like an analyst. So he acts like so rational, but then when he does such violent behavior, he doesn't even acknowledge it's violent. Every kick he's done in the groin has been accidental. Yeah, he's the only one who does them. You know, everything else he does is just, oh no, I needed to do that. I didn't mean to be. I wasn't being that violent. Um, I think even this this Rudy Gobert, everyone's like, oh, he just he was pulling Rudy away from from Clay. If you look at the video, Draymond has to jump in the air to get his arm around Gobert's neck. Because he's too short. He's leaping in the air to go for his neck. And with a big old smile on his face, teeth showing. And it's like, no, no. He's looking for an excuse to go after the guy who took his uh, Defensive Player of the Year award. So he was just happy he got his chance. 
<laughs> there does seem to be a little more like malicious intent with a lot of them. Like the like like they're all borderline. Like oh, there's like a reason for like oh, it was an accident or whatever. But the actual play itself is like generally like hurting somebody usually, or at least mm-hmm. looks like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh... It is interesting. It does seem to me to be a little bit different than, um, you know, the, the old NBA or whatever, where there was a lot more physicality. Um, I think just because it was already a physical game and guys were bumping and grabbing and shoving um, already, like a suddenly a square up and kind of like throwing throwing punches wasn't as unusual or didn't seem as out of place, I guess. All kind of sudden, of like the, the Warriors somebody out today, Timberwolves it's crazy. game was yeah. like already really physical two minutes in. That's true. It was really chippy, but <laughs> but not choke a dude out chippy after like a minute of basketball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, that it, it's crazy. I I don't think that five games was enough. Um, do you, where are you guys at on the five game suspension? Yeah, I thought it would be more based on history. Um, but also, uh, you don't see many people getting suspensions these days. So five is probably a lot more than usual. Although I guess we do have John Morant. Uh, it's a little different. But I, I definitely thought based on Draymond's history, it'd be, it'd be more significant. Yeah, I think uh, when we talk about his history, weirdly enough, it's like he never gets that punished very hard, mostly by even his own team. That that's why he can keep getting away with this, right? Because he's, he's a big star. He's a buddy of LeBron's. So the NBA doesn't w- really want to punish him too much. But at some point, you have to say, like, is he on his last string? He can't keep doing this, right? But um, I think five is maybe okay for what he did, his actions. But I think his history should be taken more into account to get him to stop doing this. But as we heard even his interviews after the case, he said, you know, he posted on Instagram, I'm the best at being Draymond there's ever been the day after, you know, so he, he's never going to stop. So unless you suspend him for a quarter of the season, um, he's not going to stop doing this, this type of behavior. Yeah. Especially like you said, the, the warriors essentially are condoning what he does. Like they talk about, he's the heart of the team and this is like his passion coming out or whatever. And Steve Kerr's defending him in the post game, stuff like that. Uh, I think that that really change enables it, change his his stance a little bit. Did he? Or maybe more than that. a little bit. Yeah, he said he came back and said it was inexcusable and whatnot. Okay. But initially, he was saying well, that... that he was a little bit saying like, "Oh no, Gobert started it by grabbing Clay's neck or what or whatever." But uh, right, he, cha- he changed the next day or. Okay. Well, so that helps a little bit, I think. But when he's not getting punished by the team, it I think that sends the message to him, the broadcast to him, is that it's okay to do that kind of stuff, you know? And the team is being punished now, right? Without him, they're, they're, they've lost six games in a row. This is huge. Um, he is an important player, so his actions do have consequences for his team. Yeah. Nate. Let's talk about um, related, I guess, kind of uh, how the league is trying to kind of crack down, um, control the game, control this kind of uh, chippiness. Um, This season, we've seen, I'd say, a 
decent amount of pretty soft technical calls. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think there's been more or less um, with the emphasis on uh, taunting, I guess, specifically? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, there. it does seem to be that there are more uh, technicals for taunting, um, especially just pointing at a player. That's a, that's a big no-no. You're going to get teed up for that. Um, you can you can talk to them. It doesn't matter. Just don't point. And <laughs> you'll get a you'll get it you get a technical. Um, yeah, I think I think it is getting a little out of hand with the amount of technicals get are, that are getting thrown around, and I don't think it's helping the situation uh, with with people getting upset at each other. Um, people. Mm. People pay money to be entertained, and part of that entertainment is being able to kind of rub uh, a great play in somebody else's face. Um, and if you just sterilize that completely uh, out of the NBA, then what? it's just running up and down the court. Um, and they had that in the 50s, and <laughs> professional basketball players had to get like second or third jobs uh, to survive. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think I think the technicals for for anything that isn't actually harming somebody or incenting somebody to take action against you immediately is uh, I think those need to get out. Right. They they just they just yeah, aren't I, helping. Yeah, I agree. Um, you talk about like the, what's the, the most watched plays. Um, I think you've got a lot of plays in there from history that include a little bit of taunting and that people love that, you know, the Iverson step over, uh, the Shaq double finger. Oh no, Kemp, Kemp double finger point, uh, the Shaq shove down. Like you've got plays that really like the dunk is great. The shots are great. But it's this like the celebration afterwards that people really um, remember about a play. I think, um, and it keeps players in the game. Like they they need that yeah. they need that passion in order to to be able to get to the get the best out out of them that they can. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you that uh, if it's not harming someone, you're not touching somebody or um, or trying to get them to start something physical um it shouldn't be a technical um chad steven where do you where do you think about that where do you fall on what should be and shouldn't be a tech i think it's okay for players to taunt it doesn't bother me um i'm also okay with a ref giving out maybe a tech if the game is getting too physical maybe they want the two bigs mm -hmm. are being too physical and they want to give them both techs to get them to calm down i'm okay with that i think that the texts that you don't want to see are when the ego of the ref has been hurt, right? And we've seen these throughout history with Rashid getting thrown out of a game because he looked at the ref wrong. Tim Duncan once got thrown out of a game for laughing on the bench. So he was laughing on the bench. <laughs> That's a classic. Right? And so, when you know, I think Giannis this year, right, when he, he went and sat in the, in the audience kind of making fun of the ref, he got in trouble for that. So I think the, the texts we want to avoid are, are when it's the ego of the, of the refs getting involved. 
Um, but I am okay with techs if they're done to control the physicality of the game. Um, I don't have an issue with taunting at all. I think that's a classic I mean, part of basketball. You talk about Larry Bird taunting, MJ taunting, uh, just a part of basketball. So I think we should avoid those type of technical fouls, but um, yeah. I think that's partially like why the uh, like why the NFL brought celebrations back, right? Like it's more mm-hmm. fun, yeah, when you yeah. see that kind of stuff. Um, but also, I'm a fan of the like Chad was saying when it gets too physical, like the double tech uh, to like set like a hey, we're not like this is too far, um, mm-hmm. because there is obviously they've moved away from that type of play. Um, and so you have to set a standard or it's just going to get out of control. So I like it. I like it when they use, use it that way as more of a message than anything else. But yeah, I mean, you want those guys going back and forth at each other, right? Like that's the, that's got a lot of appeal to it. Yeah. Yeah. What about this? I heard this somewhere. I can't remember where. Um, so I apologize to whoever's idea this is, but it's not mine. Um, I heard it on a podcast, I think somewhere, uh, they were saying, that uh to keep the celebrations in the game to keep the the uh emotion and the excitement in the game of a guy getting a big dunk you should be allowed after a big play uh the ref should count three seconds uh you get three seconds you can do whatever you want as long as you're not um you know touching anyone or uh like going into the crowd or something you know um as long as it's not causing harm um, you should be allowed to do whatever for three seconds, and then you just have to go back to play. Well, that's interesting, <laughs> but also uh, it seems like you end up with a lot of unnecessary stoppage for like enforcing that rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean like you tee a guy up if he's if he isn't um, you know if he isn't getting back on defense or whatever. Just um, excessive celebration, but, fifteen yeah. yard penalty. <laughs> at the end of the uh, kick it's a free throw in the ball uh, and then you get those teams that are just inbounding it immediately and they're five on four the other yeah. way yeah yeah and that's part of the that's part of it i think that helps control the flow a, a guy's gonna recognize that his celebrating is causing him to not be in the play and he'll get back on defense you know so i think it kind of self-regulates obviously it can't be that simple like can't have dudes just like flipping off the whole stadium or you know whatever um what if they just have like a like an on deck circle (laughs) on the baseline and you can go celebrate in there (laughs) there's just a uh little uh like phone booth that you go get into and you can do whatever you want the celebration props in there (laughs) it's got a it's got cameras set up and it's live streamed um But also you're you're down a man on on defense. Exactly, yeah. It's like a penalty box, but you do it to yourself. Uh, anyways, hey, that's... what about uh, what about the uh, Draymond getting ejected when Steph's not in? Yeah, I guess we should talk about that. Rudy Gobert, uh, <laughs> his claim was that he knew as soon as he saw that Steph wasn't going to be playing that game, he knew that Draymond was going to do something to try and get himself ejected. Um, because he always tries to get himself ejected. Um, and interestingly enough, the stats kind of back that up. Talk about that, Steven. I think you looked that up today. Yeah, I did. Um, so 
Curry or Curry, uh, Draymond has, I think he has 19 now. Uh, but what I was looking at was talking about his 18 ejections. Um, but most importantly, of the last 11 ejections for Draymond, seven were games in which Curry was not playing. So uh, that feels not insignificant. Uh, it it's, is it's like bordering on a little more than just coincidence. Maybe maybe, maybe Curry's just uh, his handler. Just he's off the chains. <laughs> he's just always whispering yeah. sweet if nothings Curry, in his ear. Calm him down. Out, he doesn't get to calm him down. Um, Clay just lights see. the fire. I pulled it up. So he's got 18 ejections since he entered the NBA. The first seven came in games that Curry did play in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next four came in games. Or sorry. Uh, there's there's five. There's five after that where he was ejected when Curry wasn't playing. Um, so yeah, seven of the last 11. So seven out of 18 is only like 39%, but seven out of 11 is 64. Yeah. Which that starts, that starts being questionable. It is interesting. I I think that what you would actually probably have to look up after this is how many games has he played with Steph Curry out? Cause that probably yeah. is more telling <laughs> the percentage of <laughs> if, if that, that gets, <laughs> yeah, if that, if that number is low, I guess then yeah, we've got something to look at. But um, it is funny I that guess... Rudy Gobert was aware of it, though. It is. It's super interesting. So, Chad, do you think that he actually b- knew this and believed it? Oh, um, or is it just something he kind of threw out there on the fly to joke about? No, I think he he must have noticed the trend. Because um, when you look at the 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 data, it supports it, right? When he first said that, everyone's like, "That's a weird thing to say." But then when you realize uh, Draymond's almost always thrown out when when uh, Steph is gone and Steph is there most games. Right. So the majority of games he plays with Steph. So to have so many um, ejections when Steph is gone, it's like that's a real stat. I don't know if Rudy knew the stat or if maybe the last couple of years he just noticed this trend of um, maybe someone mentioned to him. And I, I think he actually did. I don't think he's lying. I think he actually did realize that going into this game that that is a possibility here's what i think so he the first time draymond was ejected when curry was inactive was against the jazz when rudy was Mm. a member of the jazz so i i bet that that's kind of where he was pulling that from Mm. um i i would guess he probably didn't have the rest of the data but i bet that that one stuck out in his brain um and so he pieced that together but um yeah, I don't. I don't know, Nate. Do you think? Do you think Draymond's trying to get out of games that Curry's not in? Um, it. I don't know what his motivation to do that would be. Maybe. Maybe he's just trying to fire up the team, and he knows that without Curry, they they don't stand a chance. But if he if he gets ejected and gives them that little bit of a boost. Maybe they'll they'll play well enough to to win the game. Maybe that's that's his motivation. But I, I don't I don't know what motivation he would have to do such a thing. Maybe he doesn't want to play in a game he thinks they're going to lose. Protecting his stats, getting fines, getting fines. <laughs> he does have so many stats to protect. 
it's true he's got the that what what did uh what did barkley say triple single (laughs) 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 he checks in gets a point a rebound and an assist and then then he wants to get ejected uh it's enough that's enough draymond talk i think he's i really do not like draymond i haven't liked him for a long time um but yeah this the most recent violent things the the pull punch the choke out it's just yeah it's not a good look for him um let's move on from draymond green let's talk about other things let's go to uh our main segment we're going to talk about uh nba tiers um we're going to take the Western Conference this week. We'll take the Eastern Conference next week. We're going to take all the teams. We're going to put them into tiers. Uh, the tiers we're going to use, uh, tiers, maybe we could call them categories um, that we have come up with. Uh, contenders, pretenders, which include buyers or sellers, uh, up-and-comers, because I wanted to stick with this this uh, blankers uh, motif, and then last, we've got tankers. So obviously contenders, these are your teams that we think are legit competing for the title now, um, and we believe that they can win it. Um, pretenders are going to be any team that is in a position where they should be playing to win, they should be playing to uh, do well in the playoffs, um, but we don't buy it. They're not, they're not on the contending level and they either need to buy to get a new piece that's going to help them hit that ceiling, or they need to just sell and, and go into uh, get rid of people, make something new, start over. Um, for up-and-comers, we're talking about any team that's uh, got some promising young pieces. Um, they're not there yet, but we expect great things from them in the future. Um, they could be losing games. They could be winning games. So, you know, they might be outperforming. Um, or they might just be where they're supposed to be, you know, losing until they grow into that um, star player or whatever. Um, and then you got tankers, teams that are just bad, and they are playing to get high draft picks. And often players aren't totally on board with that, but the organization is tanking because the team is bad. Um, that's the tankers. So first off, let's start with contenders. And we're talking about the West only today. So contenders in the West, uh, I'm sure we all came up with the same one. Um, but Nate, why don't you tell us who you think are contenders in the West, and then we can add or subtract or argue about who you've got. Well, I think I think I'm gonna argue about the Spurs, Nate. <laughs> Listen, I I can be somewhat objective in this. Uh, so. I guess we would all have the Denver Nuggets on this list. Yep. Um, I'd put the Warriors as a contender. As long as as long as Steph wow. is playing. Um I'd Warriors. I'd put the I'd put the Timberwolves in there. Mm, also interesting. And right now uh that might be it in the West. Interesting. interesting. That's interesting. That is an uh, Ch- interesting list for sure. Okay, so I definitely departed from that. Uh, Chad, what do you have the same teams no, or what? No, do you I mean, got? so I have the the Nuggets um, and the Timberwolves. Yes, we all, we've all got the Nuggets. Um, I also am putting the Mavs in there. I think. Okay. Luca and Kyrie is playing amazing, so I think they they have a shot. And then I guess this is um, maybe a, a a shocker, 
but I am putting the Clippers in. And this is because I think as a pretender, they can't be a buyer or a seller because they have nothing to buy now. They're, they're out of chips to buy more. And at the end of this year, all the contracts are up, so they can't sell anyways to make to make any picks. So I think the Clippers are stuck all in, and they have to be contenders. Otherwise, I mean, this team has no shot for anything in the future. So um, I do not have the Warriors, though, as a, as a contender. Interesting. Uh, before before um, James Harden, I would have put the Clippers in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's just let's talk, Stephen. Just talk for a minute about the Nuggets. Um, tell us why they're a contender, um, and then we can just stop talking about the Nuggets because we all know they're contenders. Um, obviously, they're defending champs. T- talk about that. I mean, they're mostly a contender because of Nikola Jokic, right? Uh, yeah. He's essentially unguardable. I guess the the closest the closest matchup is what Joel Embiid, perhaps. Yeah, um, who ducks him? Who ducks him? Just for the record, and <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But uh, I don't even necessarily believe that that he can actually stop Jokic anyway. I don't think anybody can. Um, but then they have enough shooting around him uh, that I mean, it seems it seems impossible to me that they lose in a, in a seven game series. Uh, the question is whether or not they get lazy, right? But it seems like, barring injury, uh, there's nobody that can keep up with them. They have too much shooting around Jokic, too much playmaking, and and just enough defense to, I think, repeat. For sure, yeah. Uh, I think we all agree on all of that. Um, so let's let's go uh, let's go to Mavs. I I have Mavs as contenders too. Um, I think that they're pretty close. Um, Nate, you did not have Mavs as a contender. Incorrect. Correct? Um, where where would you put them and why? I I would I I probably uh, I'd put them in the pretenders category. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I definitely wavered over contender versus putting them as a buyer. Um, what, well, what do I don't there? I don't think they need to be a buyer. I think they need to be a seller of Kyrie. Um, eventually, okay. eventually, he's like. If history tells us anything about Kyrie, he's going to make this team blow up. Um, <laughs> I mean, they have they have buckets. some some really good pieces in um, their rookie uh, Lively, and Lively. Um, Grant Williams is is a is a good piece for him. But I just don't think they they get them to the contender spot. Luca Luca can win any game at any time, but I don't think he can carry them through a seven game series. Gotcha. I see. Yeah. Um Yeah. Steven, where did you put the Mavs? I put the Mavs as buyers, but with a note that perhaps they don't need to buy depending on where Lively ends up. Uh interesting. Because I I think he's interesting. I just I I would be hesitant to put them in content as a contender yet. Um but if he pans out and Luca has that like like athletic uh finishing like good hands around the hoop kind mm-hmm. of pick and roll partner, I mean that's that's pretty tough, especially 
I mean, assuming, of course, like Nate said, that Kyrie doesn't implode something, but, <laughs> uh, but then I think I think they might be able to move up into that category. But I just I'm I'm not I'm not sure I can put them up there confidently. Yeah, no, I I uh, I agree. So my yeah, that was my hesitancy around the contender status for them. Um, is lively. You don't see a lot of teams make it far in the playoffs with a rookie starting at center mm-hmm. um except for the that's... thunder probably <laughs> uh so that's where i hesitated but so i i mostly agree with you guys i we have them kind of floating between contender and buyer um uh so who, who else did you, you guys said timberwolves right timberwolves in the contender we all had timberwolves tier. yeah i had the warriors in there um Speak for yourself, oh, Chad. Oh, Nate. Oh, so I didn't have the Timberwolves as a contender either. So, Stephen, where did you put them? I have them firmly in the pretender category. Yeah, you have them as buyers? I have them as pretenders. <laughs> pretenders who need to buy or sell. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I I don't I don't know. They're not I didn't list them in either one of those because i okay. uh because i'm not really sure uh gotcha. i just don't think that it's gonna work over the course of a whole season but i don't know what they need to buy yeah it's more like it's more like hanging in the balance of whether of whether ant is gonna be like stay at that like superstar level for the whole season when he like i feel like he just made the jump and the question is whether he stays at that level sure um they have the pieces i just don't trust them (laughs) yeah same here i don't i don't trust it um part of what i don't trust is i don't trust cat to be content um for for a or try or try and so that's the other thing i guess for for those who don't know steven uh chad and i how many years ago was this? We went to a Blazers game like over five years ago, six years ago. I don't know. All I remember um, is Myers Leonard was playing on that team, and Myers Leonard the Blazers fans team. were not happy about it. Oh, Blazers fans hated that. Um, they loved uh, Al Farouk Aminu at the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but and Cat was in town. The so Carl Anthony Towns um, was there to play the Blazers and. Um, I have never been more like shocked by a professional athlete's like body language and performance. Like I, he was, he was slow. He was not getting back on defense. Um, he it's was not like we were sitting in the close seats either. No, like we he he looked horrible. He looked lazy. Uh, I've never had a good of opinion. Um, I was like, Trevor sense. could beat this guy one on one. I think Bridger could take him too. <laughs> Bridger um, could take that uh, guy. <laughs> no, I I remember that too. I think it was it was a double header for for the uh, yeah for him and and you could tell middle of the season you know they just choose that we're going to lose this game. Um, two 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 road games in a row they they kind of decide they're going to lose. But I think when they first got Gobert, um, or yeah, uh, yep. the Wolves. Um, it made no sense to me because they already had Cat, and I was like, you need another big guy. And it didn't really work out at first. Like, they kind of, how do you play these two bigs at the same time? How does it work out? I think now they have a good system going on. And I think, um, you know, Cat's the offense, Gobert's the defense. And 
I think for th this year, it's it's clicking uh, really well for for them, and I could see them easily going to the the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I'll say it's definitely working for them. That um, that tandem is working. Um, I I think that it's working at a sacrifice to how Cat likes to play. Um, that's where the kind of breakdown was last year, I think. Um, and this year he is, to his credit, playing the way he needs to play in order for him and Gobert to be on the floor at the same time. I I just don't know that that lasts, and I. I'm concerned about it, um, but I can see why they, they look great. They're playing amazing right now. Um, I can see why you'd put them as a contender, um, but if they have to play the warriors again, they might not even have Gobert at the end of the season. That's true. Gobert might be dead. Um, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the warriors since Nate's got them in the contenders. What, what baby? Um, I definitely <laughs> do not. Um, I, so I think, I think maybe this, era of warriors is uh, a little bit cooked um steph is still steph he's playing amazing still at this age but uh i i, I think clay's washed um and i know we said clay was washed last year and he really turned it on second half of the season um but i think he's washed uh draymond it feels, it feels worse it feels worse it does draymond has lost a step for sure he's he's continually losing a step um, season after season, even though his mind is one of the sharpest, I think, basketball minds, he's lost the physical step. Um, and then, you know, Wiggins hasn't kind of stepped into it this season like he did last year. And, uh, you know, Kaminga's not, like, those things aren't panning out. I, I think that they maybe need to uh, bust it up a little bit and maybe retool around stuff or something, but I, I don't buy them as contenders this year. Um, Chad, you, do you have them as contenders? No, I have them as pretenders. I think Steph is having, you know, potentially an MVP type season, but Clay is—he's um, never been the same after his injuries. And I think this is the year it's, we're starting to see a, a downfall for him. And um, I think they might have taken this lineup as far as they could go, and uh, they could still be very dangerous in the playoffs. But um, I don't see them being real, real contenders this year. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. The West is so crowded. Yeah. Um, the playoff race is going to be so tight. Um, they're, they're not they're making six it. and eight right now. They're tenth seed at the moment. Um, it, it's I don't know. It's rough. I think it's interesting that uh, that the Wiggins experiment, I guess, is like, oh, this guy can't carry a team. Or just doesn't want to, maybe. He did it a little bit in the playoffs last year. Um, but then, I don't know. There's like, I guess maybe we can compare it to the Carl Anthony Towns effort thing. I don't, it's just like, why haven't they like kind of passed the reins to him a little bit, especially with Curry out? Um, and then also, like, what do they have in the, in the pipeline besides, I guess, Kuminga, right? But that seems like that should have seems like you should know what you have there already yeah yeah it's interesting wiggins is like a classic jeff green like like you're <laughs> you're saying for year after year after year you're saying oh this guy's gonna be a guy right um and it just doesn't it's never jeff really green awesome. had the fire though 
that's fair. I, he he did, but he never became that star you expected that maybe yeah. he could be. Um, uh, I was just gonna say I have them in the buyer category so that they can shop for Zach Levine. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna do a whole thing about Zach Levine, I'm sure, soon. <laughs> um, but let's hold on that for maybe next week. Um, I have the Suns as contenders. Hey, I know, I know, it's crazy, but get all three of those guys on the court and let me see it before I write it off. I, re- you know? I already called it. They aren't. All three are not going to be on the court at the same time. They're not. Gonna... <laughs> that's that's a fair thing to say. I think. Um, Chad and Nate, where do you guys have the Suns? Uh, definitely pretenders. There you go. Also pretenders, but I think kind of <laughs> how I had the Clippers edging into that contenders potentially. I think the Suns are. You're right. If based on injuries and stuff, if they play together, maybe they can pull into that contenders. Yeah. Okay. It That's seems fair. like they have the like what we know as of outside observers of the chemistry between like the star players. It just feels less like less like oh that's not gonna work obviously over there like if they actually make it on the court it seems like they have the right kind of basketball players that that sharing's not going to be as much of a problem that's true i think durant beal booker are all guys who just kind of go about their business and get their points you know um which you know i think has it's has some value uh booker is a guy who i've said all for years i've said he's empty stats um but i think he he could prove that wrong um i mean the question is who's the who's the the bucket getter when it counts right because you can't trade it off at that point yeah that's that's true um is that it's we talk about probably everyone if they're smart we had in contender status i think so i think so i think we i think we covered yeah. them all um, chad you didn't put the lakers no yeah i was gonna say let's let's talk about the lakers what i so i've got them as buyers i think they need to to make one one good move to get into that contender status uh hello alex caruso can we call up alex caruso uh but uh chad you love the lakers what do you think where do you go yeah i think they're they're a pretender and they they need to buy i think with lebron playing at such a high level right now it's actually kind of crazy how well he's playing um yes you you go all in right i mean i mean you know that this is this is it right here this year maybe next year if you're lucky um but you do whatever you you have to do you sell the future to go for potentially one more championship with LeBron for the Lakers, um, another banner on, on the on the on the on the roof. So, um, yeah, I think they're buyers. I'm I'm pretty sure, like the Clippers, they don't have a future to sell. Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty tapped at this point. But I agree. I think you got to go all in when you've got LeBron um, in potentially a, a final season, right? A last dance. Um, Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I think they're they're definitely buyers. Um, they need to find somebody who can take some of the LeBron minutes so that he doesn't have to exert himself at this level uh, for the entire season. Um, they need they need to find somebody who can take Anthony Davis's minutes when he's injured. Uh, yep. I mean, yeah, they just they they need they need to round out this team because they are too dependent on their big hitters and one of their big hitters isn't even consistent. Yeah. Steven, anything different there? 
Not really. Uh, I think that it's hard to count out a team with LeBron, especially if they have an Anthony Davis on there. Mm-hmm. But they got to do something around the edges because it's not going to be enough. You you can't you can't have a team as good as LeBron is as good as Anthony Davis is. Rui Hachimura can't be your third best player, right? Like, <laughs> it, it just that you can't. That I'm can't sorry. I'm sorry. Their third you know. best player is Austin Reeves. <laughs> Look, you can say that all you want. The fact of the matter is, right now, Rui Hachimura is their third best player. Um, and the fact that you're saying Austin Reeves is the third best player that tells you something about the rest of the <laughs> roster. They need they need help. Uh, Clippers, let's go Clippers. So we talked about them as potential contender. Um, we talked about how uh, Chad thinks they're just stuck. They're locked in, right? Um, I think, uh, similarly, Chad, I think that they're stuck. Um, they're not good enough to contend. I don't think. I think they're a pretender. But I think, like you said, they're. It's too late. You can't sell now. There's, there's no way you can't do that. Um, and they don't have anything to buy with. So I think they're just kind of stuck into this space where they're not really a contender totally, and yet they have nothing to do about it. There's nothing to do to change that. Um, so they're kind of a funky one that I don't know if they fit quite well into any category. But um, Stephen, where where did you put the Clippers? Um, I put them, I guess, technically as buyers. <laughs> But, uh, but I think I think they're somewhere weirdly in a second contender tier because it's technically possible on paper. I just yeah, it just you have to see it to believe it. It seems like they're gonna win some games. People start feeling good about them, but when it comes down to it, it's gonna be like a fight to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Tyloo said, "Give me ten games." So um, I guess we'll see. What's he at now? Then we're coming up on it, eight or nine, I think. We're getting we're getting close to ten. How many Harden games has it been? They lost what? They beat the Spurs today. Five in a row with Harden, and then they won. They won two, I think. Um, so we'll we'll see. They won their first. They won their first road game today. So okay, the winds have changed. Russ asked to go to the bench. That's a big. I think that was a big thing. Um, we'll see how that pans out, but that's. That's the Clippers. They're kind of funky. We don't really, I don't know. They're they're an odd one. Um, uh, let me tell you where I've got the uh, Pelicans, who I believe are pretenders. Um, Pelicans are. Uh oh, we lost Stephen, but hopefully we'll get him back. Uh, the Pelicans are an odd kind of thing. They're kind of an incomplete team, I think. Um, you've got star level players, I think, in Zion and Ingram, and yet, uh, I I just don't think they have enough to really make anything happen. Um, so I put them as I think they should sell now. Um, the Zion thing, obviously, he's not happy there. It's pretty clear. Um, I think you need to cut and and get value out of him now, and uh just decide you're going to go all in on Ingram and, and build around him. But what do you think, Nate? Where do you got, where you got the game? I also have them as pretenders that need to sell. But I I think without Zion, um, who I, 
I agree with you on on all those points. He doesn't want to be there. I don't even know if he wants to play basketball. Um, <laughs> like he he just wants it. It's he true. wants it to be easy, and that's not how the NBA works. Um, but anyway, I think they just need to blow it up. If they if they if Zion's already at this point, um, you just you you got to blow it up. Uh, it's over. Yeah, Chad, what do you think of the Pelicans? You know, it's a tough one because it's based on Zion's mood. I actually put them yeah. in as up and comer, mostly because yeah. we have not seen Zion healthy for an entire year. Um, can he, does he want to keep playing? Is he going to be really good? Is that going to motivate maybe other people who want to come play with him? Um, can they potentially add a piece? Maybe an older player who can come in and maybe get him motivated? Um so I guess I have him as an up-and-comer, mostly because we don't know what they're po- what's possible because he's always injured. So this is the first time we get to see him potentially play um, to start a season. I mean, the older the yeah, older player was C.J. McCollum, but I know it didn't yeah. it, and it didn't really work out when those two weren't even talking most of the time because Zion was living in <laughs> living in Portland at the time and um, the uh, so and porn stars and. I mean, maybe maybe if he can get a whole season under him, he can figure it out. Otherwise, uh, they're in big, big, big trouble. Yeah. Anything to add on that, Stephen, on the Pelicans? I just had them on my list with a giant question mark. Um, <laughs> That's perfect. fair. Because I, I'm, I'm not uninterested, to use the double negative, uh, in what they could do by dumping Zion and keeping Ingram and McCollum. Uh, but it feels like a, it feels like a, oops, this accidentally turned into a bowl situation and, and that's worse. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know that they should be buyers either. So I just put them out in the middle. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where to put them. That's fair. Um, okay. My, so my last team that i have in the pretender category is the grizzlies um i based on stan it's they're they're a really odd one just because they're three and ten um they're just awful with john morant suspended um i think that they lost some players in the offseason um that they really should have either retained or replaced well and they didn't do either of those things um the whole job situation is a mess. I think the organization is kind of in shambles um, because they couldn't couldn't get that figured out early enough. Um, I think they're sellers. I think you've got to just kind of uh, you either have to ride out the the jaw situation and see if it comes back around and works, or you got to sell now and and just kind of hedge. Um, but Stephen, what what do you think of the Grizzlies? Do you have them? In pretenders, I, I put them full on into the tankers category. Oh boy! Okay. Uh, it seems it it would be shocking to me if even if Ja comes back that they become a playoff threat just immediately. Uh, yeah. He's missing twenty five games, which is over a quarter of the season. Uh, and most of the time you don't just jump back in and pick you know right back up. So it feels to me like they should be just like buy into like oh hey let's see what we can get uh next yeah. year and try again i mean obviously they're gonna play jaw and make sure that 
everything is okay there, but uh, why not? Why not just call it a, a year off? Yeah. Um, anything different on the Grizzlies from the from Chad and Nate? I think at the beginning of the season, um, they they would have thought of themselves as contenders, which would have put them in the pretenders category. But I I think I agree with Stephen. They're they're tankers at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I I also think that if Jaw hadn't been suspended, they'd be a pretender who needs to buy to, to win a championship. I think the Jaw suspension maybe just pushed him back a year. So I have him actually as an up-and-comer. Um, Jaw still has so much potential that maybe they add a couple pieces, he gets his stuff together, and then maybe you know next year they can actually put it together. Whether, whether or not they tank this year to maybe get that piece for next year, um, I can't really say, but... Um, I think Jaw's going to want to come back and play really well and win games to kind of make up for his his uh, off court activities. But so I have him as an up and comer, kind of push back a year from where they would be because of of his suspension. It's very optimistic of you, Chad. That's very clips half full. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, let's let's talk about up and comers. So I think that we well, probably hang, all hang have on, the same team. Hang on, hang on. You oh you've got some different pretenders yeah, yeah throw them out there Nate throw them I've out got there. the Kings as pretenders okay yeah I I could go with that yeah yeah I mean last year they they make it into the the second round of the playoffs and and lose to the Kings or sorry the Warriors wait the second round no the Warriors won the the play in and then and then it was the first round matchup right I think so yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they played they played a good series against the Warriors last year, and I think that gave them overconfidence because they haven't really improved their team for this year, and the West has gotten much stronger. I think I think they still believe that they are better in the whole conference like they were last year, but but they they are. They aren't very self-aware, I don't think. So gotcha. definitely put them put them as pretenders. They are probably going to end up being buyers um, at the trade deadline. Yeah, I yeah, I guess I could see that. I so I I don't know what my rationale was now thinking back to it, but I thought of them as a little bit of an up and comer, um, which doesn't really honestly make that much sense considering they've got some pretty established players in Harrison Barnes, Sabonis, um De'Aaron Fox. Fox. Yeah, I don't I think it's time to stop thinking of as Fox as an up and comer. So yeah, I think you're probably right. I think they should be buyers. Um I really like the Duarte edition for them. Um I think that helps a lot. But yeah, one more piece uh and I think they're gonna be pretty good. Um when you I so, JaVale McGee at backup center is concerning. I saw, I was watching a Kings game the other day, and there was a lot of JaVale McGee minutes, and that, uh, I love JaVale McGee, but I certainly don't want him to be my backup center. So, um, you, Nate, or sorry, Chad, do you have the Kings uh, as pretenders? I didn't really know where to put them, but I did have them as the, as the very bottom of my pretenders list. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Steven, what about you? Yeah, I had them in the same category um, that I had the Mavericks in, which was like kind of a pretender, like a buyer pretender, yeah. but with the caveat that like if 
if Keegan Murray would make a leap, uh, mm-hmm. then maybe they maybe that changes their status, kind of like the Derek Lively situation. But uh, but so far he hasn't really done that. Um, he's looked pretty good. Um, he's looked good, de- but he looked definitely good not. last year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So he hasn't um, like gotten further along. It doesn't seem yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, let me just throw these three out there. Tell me if you guys agree um, These are that these are up-and-comers. I've got the Thunder, I've got the Spurs, and I've got the Rockets. Um, I think the Spurs are right on the edge between that and the Tinker. I think it's very hard to know. Next year, they are going to be up-and-comers. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not you... sure I can I can put the Spurs in an up and comer uh, status with with how poorly they're they're handling the second halves of games. Like they mm-hmm. they are such a young team, um, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't really have a leader. Keldon Johnson is is the closest thing to being a leader or an emotional like guide. Um, Zach Collins is is actually kind of becoming a leader with his with his feistiness and actually becoming a fairly decent player probably probably a, a real NBA starter now but um yeah I, I I still think they need to just get back into the tanking category even though even though this is about experimentation um pop has admitted that point so chan but he right (laughs) i love it i do i do love it um but they're trying to focus on winning they're trying to build that type of culture but it's it's just not happening and i i don't think it can be an up-and-comer right now unless Wemby starts going off and they start finishing games yeah i just felt like the Wemby really I mean, he's a cornerstone, right? You're gonna have him for a long time. You're probably right, though. They need to, they need to lose some more to add some, <laughs> add some substance around him, uh, and kind of learn together how to win some games. Um, Stephen, what you have anything about the Spurs to add? Nope, I had him firmly in the tanking category. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's talk about my favorite team, the Thunder. Uh, just briefly, I think it's pretty obvious they're up and comers. Um, they are clearly outperforming. Um, Chet looks so much better, I think, than we expected him to look coming off of a of an injury. Um, it cost a whole season kind of injury. I I think it's a surprise that he's playing where he's at. Um, and yeah, I just I think they look really good. SGA is legit superstar. Um, Chet kind of ascending to that star level uh really gives them a kick that that puts them in the up-and-comer um something to watch in in the coming years i think they're gonna work their way into contention pretty quick um they definitely are young very very young so we we should watch that i think in the coming years and they're gonna look really good um you guys have anything to add about the Thunder? They're a pretty easy one, I think, to categorize. Yeah, here. I think I think they are the textbook definition of up and comer. Mm-hmm. I think they're the, yeah. the the top. I'm so of excited the to move them to contender category. Yeah, they're they're For right sure. on the edge. SGA might be a, a top five player in the league. Yeah, I love that. Steven, what'd you say? 
I said I'm so excited to move him to the contender category in about uh, <laughs> weeks, two know, weeks, a few weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're probably not going to lead the league in shooting percentage for the whole season, but if they do, uh, look out. I don't know. Yeah, it could be it could be a, a deeper run than expected. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's go Rockets real quick. I so I have I have Rockets in the up and comers. You guys. Do you guys have them in the tankers? I could see you putting them in the tankers. That'd be fine with I think, me. I think they're an early up-and-comer. I think Sengun is great. Yeah. He's awesome. I think yes. he is a, a great piece to have for the future. He looks amazing. Yeah, Sengun, Sengun is really, really, really nice to have. Um, I think, yeah, I think they can be put squarely in the up-and-comer category with a real coach there to teach these young guys how to how to play with Fred Van Vliet to show them uh like he's a he's a real leader on the team he was a leader on the Raptors and now he's brought that leadership to the Rockets um Jabari Smith and Jalen Green are also good pieces to have and they're finally learning to actually play uh real NBA minutes um instead of just going out and and putting up stats I think they're mm-hmm. they're actually learning to play with a team. Um, yep. So I, yeah, I, I I definitely think that they are up and comers. Cool. Um, I think then let's. I don't oh, go ahead. really like to admit it, but I do think that the Dylan Brooks pickup was probably good for them uh, to like establish some of that like like make the turn from like, Oh, we're just out here. Like Nate said, filling up the stat sheet to like, now we have some sort of grit to us, like an I, some sort of mm-hmm. identity. And I think it's not just Dylan Brooks, but uh, Van Vliet kind of coordinating the offense um, and an actual, you know, like a uh, widely regarded as a good basketball coach in EMA. And uh, all of those pieces, like they've turned the corner now from tanking into up and coming because of that, like, kind of like an actual identity to have as opposed to just like, Oh, we're out here now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Jeff, Jeff green um, from the, uh, the champion nuggets Uncle. team was, was also a, a very good pickup. <laughs> I think Jeff. for them, uncle green. Yep. Uncle Jeff. Green. And how can you argue with, uh, with my boy, Bo Ban? <laughs> I love, I love that they just throw Boban out there to, to guard the inbounds pass It's so funny. Every I really loved him in John Wick 3. <laughs> Are you talking about the actor, Boba? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, so that leaves us with the tankers. Um, so the obvious tanker, Trailblazers. Uh, Chad, tell us tell us what you think of the Trailblazers. Yeah, nothing really to say. I think they're full tank mode. They'll get a, a top pick next year. Um, yeah, there's there's not really much to say about the Blazers right now. Yeah, I agree. I here's what I'll say about the Blazers. <laughs> uh, Scoot, I didn't think would be good at the NBA level, and it's really early, obviously. But so far, he is he's really riding the struggle bus. Um, he needs some development for sure. I he's gonna he's hopefully gonna develop. Um, man, it's disappointing to see Aiton not be on like a good roster and see if that if he could be something i really think he could on a good roster um but yeah that's yeah that's the blazers they're 
They're in a Shaden Sharp looks pretty spot. good though. Shaden Sharp does look good. That's a a twinkling bright spot. Um, <laughs> a tiny one. A tiny bright spot in the Trailblazers locker room, which is Jeremy Grant's prison. <laughs> <laughs> His personal health. He's, he's always um, looking for his own team, but then they keep they keep getting somebody else. <laughs> did he come? Uh, did he go there from the Pistons? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I I don't think there was a stop between those. That poor guy's just been bouncing around trying to <laughs> sticking a tour of the worst NBA <laughs> it's, teams. It's rough. Um. Yeah, there's not a lot to talk about there. Let's jump over to. Um, so the next tanker I have is the Jazz, and I think I think that's the last team we have to talk about in the West. Um, do you guys have the Jazz in the tanking category? I last year I would have said that they were an up and comer, um, just because of how feisty they were, and they just yeah. they just had a bunch of pieces. But now, in this season, they just they don't know who they are. Um, they didn't make any moves really in the off season to to go either either way whether they're actually going to tank or if they were going to maybe make a push for something better um so i think i think that puts them in the tanking category just because they don't there's nothing else for them yeah steven um they they did make a move they picked up john collins Well, they did get yeah, John Collins. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, is, they were. That, is, that can be classified as a move. <laughs> it is a move. They uh, they firmly they rounded out my gigantic question mark category with the with the Pelicans, um, <laughs> and that I was like, I just don't know what to do with them uh, because I think that they should probably start the rebuild because uh, it feels like they haven't yet. Um, but then they have, like, Markinen playing at, like, an insane level still. Uh, and they, like, are fighting in games a little bit. So, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Does Danny Ainge know how to rebuild? He just knows how to how to just get <laughs> he he gets pieces. He just <laughs> grabs all the pieces and pieces, and then he's like, here, more pieces. Don't let don't let Chad hear you talking about Danny Ainge. Um, <laughs> Do you think Chad. that Markinen can be? I mean, he's only like what is he like? Tw- I have it up here. He's twenty six. So, if this is his new like level, it's a hardened veteran. Can you build around that in the short term? I mean, I always I liked him on the Bulls. I thought they could have built around him, but there's just nothing else on this roster that is. <laughs> No, no for, for you're forgetting you're forgetting roster. Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek, baby. No, I'm not. I'm not forgetting him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. It just. It feels like what they could do is turn into a a buyer if they if they had a slightly different identity. So they feel stuck between two categories to me. When they when they made the marketing move. Um, I I thought that it very clearly telegraphed that they were going for yeah. like a a thunder style uh let's acquire some players that we can just we just we roll can them rehab. out there and yeah we can just let them hoop 
and they'll play themselves into being valuable as trade pieces and then they didn't do anything uh, like, we did it now like, what? look we did it marketing is is a super good player what what do we do and they're like, and, just go do it for another season. We'll see what yeah, happens. and they got Sexton out there. I, I don't know. It's well, crazy. If they, I mean, if they can get somebody to to put with Markinen and Collins, uh, they can be another Bulls. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> They've got Chris Dunn. They've got Chris Dunn. They're halfway there. That's, that's a fun piece. <laughs> what what a what a bummer of a player Chris Dunn is. Uh, from that 2016 draft. Let me just read you this real fast. Ben Simmons, who, you know, I mean, he was a star. And he's uh, he's coming back. Not he's not he's not doing he's, poorly. He's not doing horrible. Ingram, star player. Jalen Brown, star player. Uh, one-handed star player, fun fact. Uh, Dragon Bender is, you know, eh. Uh, then Chris Dunn, Buddy Heald, Jamal Murray. It's, it's a pretty, like, interesting, like, bummer of a draft class where you just happened to hit on the guy who didn't do anything but anyways <laughs> uh the jazz tank is even on the jazz um, oh my i can't goodness. i still can't i still can't name a player <laughs> i still can't name one uh former former laker taylon horton tucker right or was he on the warriors i can't remember uh, who knows? Lakers. Who knows? He was a, yeah, he was a Laker. Doesn't matter. That's the Jazz, and that kind of wraps up our uh, tier list for the West. Um, next week we'll do the East. We'll go over those teams, kind of put them in the same kind of categories, and, and talk about that. Um, and hopefully at the end of the season we will be proven correct with where we've placed some teams. But let's jump into our. Uh, last little bit of our pod and we'll talk about our uh our predictions that we did last week and our results right now steven is still leading with 14 points chad has 13 points i have 11 points and nate has nine we actually all picked really well this last week um i think that we all of us except for nate were at like six out of seven or five out of seven um, and then Nate was one behind, but um, stupid rockets, stupid rockets. That's right. Uh, let's jump <laughs> into our week, our next week predictions. Uh, predictions for the next week. Let's do first. We'll go fast through these. Let's not t- uh, let's not belabor the point too much. Eleven twenty-two, uh, which is what Wednesday. Uh, we got Wizard at Hornets. Um, Ooh, boy, that's a doozy. I, oh man, it's a doozy. It's oh, a doozy of a game. Uh, so for Wizards at Hornets, I <laughs> am going with the Hornets. Nate, what do you got? Uh, let's go. <clears throat> My goodness. Picking the Wizards. Oh, boy. Jordan Poole for life, maybe. <laughs> I'll go with the Hornets. Um, I just want to say these are two of the three teams with the worst defensive rating in the league that's right so uh that could be interesting and i'm gonna pick the hornets simply because they're the home team all right all right bucks at celtics Nate. celtics steven i don't i'm picking the celtics hard to pick against them yeah this Jed? is a huge game huge game i'm going with the bucks Giannis has had two 40 point games in a oh. row Dame is looking good it's oh. gonna be a high scoring game 
That is interesting. I am going to stick with the Celtics, even though they just what, they lost tonight, right? But uh, I'm going to stick with them. Uh, same night, 76ers at Timberwolves. You know, I'm going to go ahead and stick with the 76ers. Sorry. I'm going to go with the, the I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. Some some Rudy on on Embiid. Nate, I think this is going to be a real battle. Uh but I am sticking with the the T-Wolves. That's right, Nate. As the, Wolves, the man, as the man. home team. Steven? Um as I mentioned in our tiers, I don't really trust the Timberwolves. So uh this is a pretty big matchup, and I'm just going to take the Sixers and Joel Embiid. Future MVP Tyrese Maxey <laughs> balling out. Uh, same night, we've also got Mavs at Lakers. That's going to be a like a wild NBA night, I think, Wednesday. Um, so Mavs at Lakers. Uh, I'm taking the Mavericks. Steven, who are you taking? Uh, this is tough, uh, but I think I'm going to side with the Lakers in this one. Chad? Oh, this is a, this is a good one. Um, it's at Lakers. Um, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go with the Lakers as well. Then. Lake show. Nate, uh, is AD still hurt? I, uh, great <laughs> question. It's hard to keep, hard to keep track. Hard to keep track. I'm just going to guess that he's not going to be completely healthy and go with the Mavs because I think Luka can beat. Um, like I said, Luka can win any one game, and I think he'll pull this one out. That is a interesting thing. So Davis is probable and, and not expected to miss time, but it is the second night of a back-to-back, so interesting. Jackson Hayes uh, breakout game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Friday night, we got some uh, some insane. <laughs> gotta bleep that out. We can't. We can't. <laughs> we can't use we, that. We Come on. Risk. Come on. Well, I was on. just singing. Tim would love to know that we used his song. It's fine. Uh, Friday night. We've got in-season tournament play heat at Knicks. Uh, Nate, what you got? Um, I am taking the heat. I gotta, I gotta go with my boy Jimmy. The heat, also the heat. Steven? yep. The Knicks are another one of those teams that I'm like I can't trust them to win any game. I picked them in. Yeah, I'm with you guys here. Um, Julius Randle is the most tired-looking NBA star I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He looks every single night like he just worked 12 hours at the steel mill. Um, <laughs> I mean, it looks like every bucket that he gets is so difficult. Yeah. He, it's like he's trying so hard, but not also not trying. Uh, it's insane. Um, <laughs> same, Which is better than we can night. say for Cap. That's true. He just looks like he's not trying. Uh, same night, Pelicans at Clippers. Uh, I'll start here and tell you that I am, I am a new man. I'm on the Clippers train. I I want to see them succeed, uh, and I think oh, they're going to no. beat the Pelicans. Steven. I don't know. 
I'm gonna pick whatever Chad picks so that he doesn't get too far. You go first, Steven. You go me. first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I'm gonna take the Clippers because I think that right now is when they they're like gonna mesh for a little bit. They're gonna get some wins and get the hype train rolling, and then fall off a cliff it's later. It's gonna fall apart. All right, that's fair. Uh, Chad, what uh, are you gonna I do? I also have the Clippers. Clippers. It oh, is. phew. And Nate, uh, the Clippers have broken the seal, so I am I'm rolling with the Clips for now. Okay, last one. This is a little bit different. Not just picking a team. On eleven twenty-two on Wednesday night, there is a Clippers at Spurs game, and there is a Bulls at Thunder game. Same night, different teams, both at home. Which young star scores more more points? Basketball points. From shooting the ball into the basketball hoop, mm-hmm. Wimbanyama or Chet? Ooh. I'm gonna. Yeah, Steven, go Steven. let's start with you. <laughs> uh, I am gonna pick Chet, uh, partially because I like the Thunder. You have to, and also partially because um, I think that there's better defense on the Clippers' end. Uh, than there is on the Bulls end. Yeah, you just had to pick the Bulls on this one. <laughs> uh, Nate, what do you think? I'm going to be a homer and just go with Wemby. Here we go, Nate. Fair. Chad? Uh, you know, I really want to see P.J. Tucker try to guard Wemby, so I think I think, I think <laughs> Wemby's going to score over little little 6'5 P.J., so we'll go, we'll, we'll go with Wemby for, for 32 points. 32. Wow, he's, oh, he's calling the number. It. Look at that. They won't win the game, though, but still. Look, I got to I gotta stick with Chet. I got to go with him. He's our boy. He's our beautiful boy. Um, and he's coming off huge, huge game against the Warriors. Yeah, I was going to say, if not for the last little bit here for Chet, I probably would have stuck with, uh, with Wimby. I know, but he looks so good. But he's Looking been so good scoring. right now. Yeah, it's interesting. My wonderful son, and, my second and guess, son. Guess how many uh, points Wemby had against the Clippers tonight? Let me hear it. Nine. That's <laughs> not a lot of points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chad, you want to change your answer? He's going for no he's going for revenge. <laughs> no changing answers. PJ Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, PJ. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, that's the pod. That's the predictions. We're uh, time to close up shop for the night and get Chad to bed on time. Uh, <laughs> that's impossible. Close. <laughs> We're well way past time. it now, boys. <laughs> Chad took Nyquil three hours ago. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's the pod. Feel free to uh, like the pod. Follow the pod. Uh, listen to the pod. Send us emails. Comment on the pod. And uh, comments. Um, hey, we're going to try to do a listener-based episode in a couple weeks here. We want to know your um, your hottest NBA takes so we can laugh at them. We want to know your QBs so we can analyze them. We want to know your general also thoughts laugh at about them. the NBA. Um, send us that stuff. We want that stuff. We're going to use it to make a pod um so that we don't have to keep giving uh giving away our thoughts let's hear some of yours i'm sick of just coming up with stuff to tell you yeah right right um, our show for us come on 
Yeah, write, write us content. Uh, anyways, thank you. This has been the Four Point Blake. What, what, baby? Boom, boom. boom. I like that bass outro, Chad.